Welcome to Anxious Like You, a podcast hosted by Micheline Malouf and Nadia Adesi, two therapists who are anxious like you. In each episode, Micheline and Nadia dive into their guests' experience with anxiety and give you the tools you need to face your anxiety head on. This podcast is made in collaboration with Dive Through, a mental wellness company. On today's episode, we have Janelle Hedick. Janelle is a mental health therapist and professional speaker. She works as an emergency department social worker and as a therapist at Empowering Youth Therapy. She specializes in working with anxiety and depression. On today's episode, Janelle talks to us about the unique struggles that college-age students face with anxiety, depression, and other mental health struggles, such as imposter syndrome, social anxiety, breakups, and so much more. And stay tuned till the end of our episode as we discuss some tips to battle these struggles. Welcome back to another episode of Anxious Like You. Today, we have the amazing Janelle Hedick, and she is a fellow TikTok therapist and a fellow Instagram therapist, and we're so excited to chat with her today. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you specialize in? Yes. Thank you guys for having me. Lovely to be here. Um, So I am a social worker. Um, So as well as being a therapist, but I went to school for social work um, and my career actually started out in the medical field. Uh, So I did, let me see here, three and a half years. I worked for um, one of the largest hospital companies out here in Arizona, um, just doing discharge planning, um, setting up for elderly people go to skilled nursing facilities when they, you know, fall and break a hip, something like that. Um, And then I transitioned into the emergency department. So that was very exciting, always nonstop. Um, And I feel like I gained a lot of skills from those positions to bring into my role as a therapist. But yeah, I started as a therapist uh, January, 2020, right before the pandemic. So it was definitely very, interesting first year, um, probably unlike a lot of others. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I love it. I have a blast. My main um, demographic is college age students. Um, I have a lot of Arizona State University students because we are located probably 10 minutes away from the main campus. But yeah, I have a blast. I love what I do. Um, Just really excited to be here. We're so excited to have you because your demographic is the majority of our listeners, teenage to college students, and I'm sure that they can take a lot from this episode, but being right beside a university and that being the majority of the people that you're seeing, what are you noticing the most that they're struggling with? I feel like towards the beginning of the pandemic, it was a lot of pandemic stuff, but I feel like nobody's even talking about that anymore. Like my, I think just teens and college age kids, students, whatever you want to call them. I was just there. So if I'm calling you a kid, I'm calling myself a kid too. But they're so resilient. Like that has been the most incredible thing to watch. Even the ones who have been living in like an apartment by themselves and have been distanced from a bunch of people. It's been incredible to watch how quickly they've been able to make the best out of the situation. Um, So I would say the pandemic has definitely not been much of a problem. I think the main thing I am seeing in a lot of my, you know, young people is just um, them wanting to understand themselves a little bit better and figure out their place in the world because being an emerging adult is so difficult. 
um, like adulting, they don't make it easy for anybody. Uh, so just trying to figure out how to go through all of that. And I have like one specific example of someone who's just graduating and they're supposed to be a teacher. And it's so interesting because I think people kind of like therapists, people don't see teachers and therapists sometimes as real people, but like on the other side of, you know, being a new teacher, this girl is like, ah, what is going on? I'm supposed to know how to do this. And, you know, we're not supposed to know how to do it in the beginning. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been really cool recently, um, just shifting away from the pandemic and more onto everyday things. Do you see a lot of, I, I guess with that, you know, saying that you don't see yourself as like a, like humans, like teachers and therapists aren't seen as humans and, and ourselves, sometimes we feel like imposters, especially standing, like starting off. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you see that a lot in, um, you know, some of the clients that you see, do you see a lot of imposter syndrome where people feel like, okay, I was given like, now I'm at this age, I have to start my job, but I really have no idea, like if I'm even supposed to be here yeah absolutely I think that especially like my students that are graduating college specifically um it just especially with the way the world still currently is I think that that does create a lot of an extra layer of uncertainty for them um but I definitely see a lot of my young people just not as sure of themselves as you know I am of them which is kind of always an ongoing thing as a therapist because we just believe so much in them and that everything is possible and I love to just share that like hey I know you don't see it right now it might be like 20 steps in the future but this is what's possible for you and I can see it very clear clearly and I want you to know that yeah that's really it must be yeah it must be so helpful to have a therapist at that age which I wish I did because I'm thinking back to graduating university or almost graduating university and being like yeah I can memorize a textbook but what the heck am I gonna do in the field right now mm -hmm. like that imposter syndrome would take over and then you would have people in your class and there's a lot of competition so talking about it with them wouldn't be helpful so good for students who are actually seeking out the support if they can if it's accessible to them to have somebody there yeah. to say that because that's helpful yeah, absolutely. I like that point that you mentioned because I was actually about, you know, my students' ages when I started seeing a therapist. I was uh, 18 or 19. Um, so I don't know. I was, I went through like a breakup and I would just was a hot mess. Like, you know, any 18 year old would be if they lost somebody that they thought, you know, was going to be it or something. <laughs> um, but it really helped me to just access the inner power that I had that you don't realize you have until somebody sh kind of introduces you to it. Um, I wasn't really brought up as like an emotionally intelligent or aware like kid. I've always been pretty intuitive and empathetic, um, but I had so much inside of me and it was really cool to be able to have guidance to just be able to tap into those things and be you know, who I wanted to be and who I knew I could be. Yeah, I'm thinking like insecurities at that age are yeah just flying really high, not just in like the imposter syndrome career world, but just as like, who the heck am I? Like, what do I do? What do I like? Um, you know, what do, what do I want out of my life? And you're right, there's not a lot of space for us to really explore that in, in college. And so having a therapist guide you through that, especially after a breakup where you're yeah. most of us, like, especially like, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but 
I know for myself, like whenever I would date someone, I was like, this is it. Like, this is going to be the person, like, I'm yeah. oh, such a romantic, you know, like, Same. that's me too. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's going to be it and you're going to have babies and then they break up with you and you're a mess. Like I failed a whole six classes in my last semester of undergraduate because somebody broke up with me. And I couldn't focus. And like I, my GPA went down, I got put on probation. And then I had to like make it all up because it destroys, it rocks your world. Like you, you really don't know who you are. So I'm, I'm assuming you see a lot of that, not only because you experienced it personally, but also within your clients because of, of the age group and, you know, you go through. Absolutely. One thing that I was actually talking to my husband about last night is just the, idea that we have these young people and not to discredit any of the hurt or the difficult times that they go through but now being a little bit older and wiser and having a little bit more perspective we can maybe see that you know this little you know disagreement or argument with you know a friend is not going to last forever and it's not as difficult in the grand scheme of things. And again, like I try to tread lightly with that because it's not at all to invalidate anybody's feelings or experiences, but just trying to give that overall like perspective that like, yeah, I'm here with you and this is terrible, but I want to, you know, give you a greater idea of, you know, how this could look like in five years from now. Um, I know we have that saying, if it's not going to matter in five, or I don't know how it exactly goes. I think it's kind of dicey because it gets like borderline invalidating, but I really like the idea behind it. Like, okay, this thing might actually be a little bit smaller than I think. And to gain that perspective can help us move through those difficult feelings with more ease. Yeah. You're you're like selling hope, right? Like you're you're absolutely you're not trying to invalidate somebody's like pain that they feel. And it's like, you feel this pain and your pain is valid. And we 100% like know that that's painful and it's grief no matter what age you're at but we also the perspective you're talking about it's almost like but there's hope and this is what the hope might look like yeah absolutely and also to your point about the breakup and just being young and I guess we have a similar situation there but it's hard to see beyond that if you pictured your whole entire life with one person no matter you know how short the relationship how long it was whatever age you are that takes so much to overcome to rewire your whole perception of who you currently are and your whole entire future like your whole kids marriage like if you envisioned it all you are the heartbreak is real and it's gonna happen um but you know we got a couple of living examples of how (laughs) we can overcome (laughs) and we can end up with the right people who are meant for us With your students in, in sessions, do you share these personal examples? It depends on if it's relevant. Like if something's happening and somebody has a similar situation, I'll definitely share. Um, Cause obviously we want to keep the focus on them. But if there's something that I can share to make somebody feel better, I absolutely do. Um, I think it just does so much for the therapeutic relationship and just to like humanize what they're experiencing because If they don't have, let's say, you know, I have a client who has anxiety and is struggling in school with the pandemic and, you know, like just all of these different things going on, like, hey, I've been there or I am still currently there. And 
these things are, you know, normal. Like you're not at all the only person. There's so many people out there that are going through what you're going through and it's valid and allow yourself to feel. And I think the one thing I have noticed actually a lot, which um, is that people, um, especially young people who might've also like not had the um, emotional education, I guess, or just the, the, the point that, you know, their feelings are valid and this is how you cope and this is how you identify feelings. Just that like basic education for our parents that they are constantly apologizing, apologizing all of the time for, you know, crying or even just for talking about something emotional. And it keeps reminding me of that TikTok noise. And I think one of you guys just used it the other day, but like, it's almost like that's the whole point. <laughs> Justin, Justin used it. I just saw yeah. that TikTok and yeah. I was like, that's so true. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, please stop telling me you're sorry. This is allowed. This is so allowed here. Like, I, I think um, the way I approach like crying in therapy, it's I don't know, not to meant to sound like odd, but like I enjoy it because that means that you feel safe enough here and we have that rapport and bond that you can let all of those walls down and be exactly who you are and not try to cover anything up or make it more, you know, uh, presentable for me because I don't care. I'm here for all of it. And I try my best to let everybody know that. And I know it's a very difficult thing if you're not um, taught that experiencing these emotions or crying is okay um, or, you know, valid because I know we have some uh, some people who are adults who were told that they couldn't cry as kids and it's just really hard for them to, you know, allow themselves to. There's a lot of shame behind that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, I actually do that too with like, yeah. I don't, sorry, Nadia. <laughs> no, I was thinking we're thinking the like, same thing. Like, when, it's hard to put into words, but you almost like it. Yeah. Not like, uh, I don't know how to yeah, say yeah, it, okay, but when okay. someone <laughs> cries, you're like, okay, you feel safe here. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how to word I'm it. Like, I'm, I'm not exactly. happy. Not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not I don't want you to have crying. to cry, but when you cry, it's yes. like you, like, it's an honor. Let's put it that yes. way. Yes. It's an honor because you trust me enough to let your tears out, especially when clients tell you that they don't cry. Or that they like don't show emotions, like alexithymic clients yeah. that come in and they're like, no, I'm numb, numb, numb. And all of a sudden you see that little glossness over the eyes and you're like, oh, it's coming. And you inside sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yes, me too. But you can't okay. say that. I and found my they... people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, I think, a therapist of mine that once told me crying is a milestone we reach in therapy. So like you crying is, is not like, whereas in the outside world, crying can be seen as failure or weakness in therapy. We see that as healing and, yeah. you know, moving forward because it's part of grief. And in order to heal anything, we have to grieve, we have to grieve yeah. our past. So yeah, I love yeah. that we're all on the same page. It's yes. It's yes. Not happy that you're sad, but happy that you feel comfortable and safe here. I think that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know I was, uh, before I was a therapist, I was working as a college advisor mm -hmm. for like eight years. And so that population for me, like has a special place in my heart. I love them so much because I also think it's one of the hardest time and time in somebody's life. So yeah. you're all of a sudden seen as like this adult, yeah. you are 
going to college and are told to choose the major that is going to be your career for the rest of your life, you are expected to get a job. You're expected to live on your own most of the time, expected to make these new relationships, move away from home, keep up with everything at the same time. And your hormones are still going crazy. You're still growing. You're now learning what serious relationships are like. You probably go through a breakup or two. I remember people coming into my office for advice on like, what classes do I need to take to become a therapist, like to be a psychology major. And the conversation would steer into like, oh, my life. And it was always that way. I never spent less than 45 minutes with a student. And I just like got me thinking like, yeah, that is the hardest time in my opinion in somebody's life, one of the hardest times, because it's a huge transition. And there's so many moving parts. How do you help somebody through so many different things all at once? Or how do you help them break up the pieces and start, you know, taking control? Yeah, um, it's challenging, because I feel like things can definitely be very scattered. And if that's where it needs to be, then I just allow it, like, just keep you know, if you need to brain dump, you can brain dump and then I can pick up pieces of what you're sharing and see if you feel comfortable starting at, you know, one place or another. Um, because it's hard. There are a lot of competing priorities and just like you said, a lot of moving pieces. And, um, you know, what is your biggest concern right now? Or what is the thing that's, you know, on your mind the most and just really beginning there um, and trying to make sure that we're, you know, getting to everything as quickly as possible, but things take time and it's not a rush to be able to move through. Um, but I think more than anything, just having like a really safe space to, you know, have available to them to just try to navigate things. Um, and speaking things out loud is way more beneficial than keeping things all up in your head. <laughs> Absolutely. For me, I'm thinking back to this age and it was scary for me because my whole identity was being a student I was in school for so long so like sorry I can't hang out with you I'm studying sorry I can't have a job right now because I'm so overwhelmed with school can't have a relationship or if I do it's very minimal because I'm focused on school so graduating and having all this time even with a full-time job it was way less than what I was doing with school so it's just like who am I now for so long, my identity was a student and then transitioning into real life and not maintaining important friendships. And this is just personal. I know not everyone experiences the same yeah. relationships and work and values. It, it was like a really hard time for me, at least. And I know a lot of my friends felt the same way. And I think a lot of people transitioning out of college or university feel that of what, what do I do now? Who am I? What do I care about? Yeah, that's a good point. And something that um, kind of came up in my mind as you were saying that is thinking about um, how, you know, that is your identity as being a student. And when something like grades come up and they're doing, you know, maybe poorly because of the pandemic and or struggling with their mental health, it feels like just the biggest thing. And, you know, like, how can I possibly recover from this? I am and feeling just so much shame around that too because if you are usually an A student and now you have F's like and that is your identity like a lot of people take that and internalize that like I am currently failing I am a failure and there's no recovering from this so and you know I think that that's what I see frequently with like teens mainly teens who really you know get stuck to that identity um, 
having like suicidal thoughts and like being very depressed. And especially when parents get hard on them and double down about, you know, you're better than this. You have, you get A's, you don't get F's, you know, get it together. And it's like, please just like, like notice me. Like, do you see that I'm like retreating socially and I don't talk to you or make eye contact? Like, these are all very important signs and they, uh, I don't know, I wish I could just shake some people, you know, like open up your eyes, pay attention. But that's such a good point when you care so much about grades and it becomes your identity. When you start to do poorly, you start to go downhill, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. I never really put that together. Yeah, but I mean, that's another area where I just offer a lot of like perspective and just so much validation. Like, I know that the grades are hard and I know that your parents are being hard on you this really sucks. There's nothing I'm going to say right now to be able to fix your parents. If you want in the future and if you're comfortable, like they can come in here and I can try to teach them some skills. Um, But this sucks and I'm really sorry that you're going through this. And also that, um, you know, perspective of we can get through this and this is not the end for you because you might fail one semester we can overcome this situation. Right now it feels very painful and I know these feelings are very heavy, but we can move past this. And, you know, I got your back. And it's true. Like I like I said, I failed six classes all in one term. And I thought, because my identity during college, like Nadia was in the studying and like, you know, I was the opposite. I was like, whatever. Like I, I got always got good grades, but I was not the study worm, the book worm like I was always just like oh whatever friends you know boyfriend uh whatever I had a long-term relationship in college and so when that relationship broke up and I failed that was what rocked my that was like what's the point like nobody loves me anyway like nobody wants yeah. to do and and so like that is it's funny how we we are all so different but in either situation you still want to put that perspective and like validate the feelings and you know, move forward. But yeah, no matter what your situation is, or what happens, whatever happens that breaks your heart or hurts you or makes you feel like a failure is going to, you know, take, take hold of whatever's happening in in your life, whether it's your grades, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to make it. Like I said, I failed and and I'm a therapist now I'm successful in my business. So, um, you know, you can make that up you can make that yeah. up. Your grades are not everything or your relationship that you lose also is not everything. Um, there's so much more to you and yeah. to your life. To share that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And as an anxious like you listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash like you. As a therapist who struggles with anxiety, I know how important it is to go to therapy. I've been going to therapy for a long time. Even as a therapist, my personal healing work does not stop. BetterHelp makes going to therapy easy with its fully online services. You can chat with a therapist through video, phone, or text. You can schedule your sessions when they're convenient for you. And I love that they offer phone and chat options because let's face it, sometimes even talking is too overwhelming. And having the text option with your therapist can make the difference between attending or missing session. Therapy is more than just a place to talk and vent. It's a place where you get to gain insight into your challenges, develop skills to help you manage symptoms, and do the deeper work to help you process past hurts and live a more fulfilling life. So if you're still on the fence about starting therapy or not, 
take advantage of this 10% off and check them out at betterhelp.com forward slash like you. Absolutely. I think the one thing is just continuing on the conversation of grades. I think grades are very important. It's important to try your best and to have accountability, responsibility on all of these things. I think that almost to a fault that grades get like, you know, knocked into the brains of people like, you know, and a lot of people are struggling with like perfectionism. And if I'm not getting 100%, then that's a failure. Um, I have one person who is an adult now, but kind of having that like uh, all or nothing mindset with, you know, if it's not, you know, if you're not first, you're last type of thing. And I, I, I hate that if you're not first, you're last. Like, I think that's like a common like pop culture phrase or whatever, but it's bullshit. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let it out. Yeah. Too late. <laughs> 100%. Curse as much as you want. Yeah, that is bullshit. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And all of those quotes are bullshit. Like all of the yeah. quotes that are, there's so many of them out there that are just so toxic and yeah. it kind of like, it's like that toxic positivity stuff or yeah. even like the just toxic phrases just like that like oh you're absolutely you know, it's yeah I, I can't even think of any off the top of my head right now but yeah it kind of like the toxic positivity but also like the hustle culture the hustle like culture. Yes. I think yeah. that's more or less for like you know adults but emerging adults where you know yes. we have to be super productive all the time and downtime or I'll sleep when I'm dead and you know, all these things. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you guys are going to get a rude awakening one day because sleep is so important. I'll sacrifice anything for my sleep. Um, Failure is not an option. That's another one. Yeah, it is. It is an option. Um, That's a, I think it's from Eminem. Success is the only <laughs> motherfucking option. Failure is not. Is not. Yeah. Mom, I love you. Got this chair. Nailed it. Got <laughs> I, I can keep going. I can do the whole song. Are you yeah. an Eminem or two? Not like 100%. I know like probably the most popular song. So like, I don't want to be a poser here, but. <laughs> oh, well, we got to have like an Eminem karaoke one of these nights. Yes. But it. if you're not first or last is so bullshit because there's enough yeah. space for everybody in any yep. area. Look They're like, second and area. third and fourth yeah. and fifth. And it doesn't take away from who you are or yes. just because you didn't get first place. Yes. That's the quote that I actually like is someone else's success does it's not, not mean your, you're a failure or yeah. something like it has nothing to do with you and that yes. adds to the competitive nature of our world and I think you know we're all on social media and mm-hmm. you know social media is one of those places where people look at other people and compare themselves to each other and um it could be looks it could be you know uh, the way they speak it could be the way they dress it could be follower account it could it could be so much like mm-hmm. different stuff that people think well if i'm not like that then i'm not good enough and yeah. it's also like i mean we're not immune to it as therapists i've spoken to so many therapists um in yeah. the tiktok and instagram world yeah. that'll say well i don't feel good enough until i have this many followers i'm not as good as you because i don't have that many and i'm like no like that like your your follower account it does not say anything about you like you could get lucky and get like a viral video absolutely luck well well, you're amazing too we're all like i think everything i have gotten to meet in the in the uh tiktok world has been phenomenal and definitely well deserved nadia you deserve what you have um but at the same time we do we cannot take away the luck of some people like posting like i know with one of my videos it was total luck 
like it was not a great video at all it just went viral because yeah. it was at the right place at the right time the right people exactly the and- algorithm favored you <laughs> <laughs> whatever Honestly, you know what I mean yeah. and so it's really important to constantly remind ourselves of that because like when we start comparing ourselves and especially at that age like when you're in college you compare grades you compare social media you compare all of these things and you start to internalize like I'm not good enough because I don't have what that person has or you know and I think how do you how do you handle that or how do you help somebody through that type of thing because it's everywhere Yeah, I think it's just those gentle reminders, kind of like the quote that Nadia shared, like, if, you know, somebody's success doesn't mean, you know, that that's your failure. Um, And I actually have one person that I can think of in particular, who we were talking about, like, stuff for her career. Um, She is probably... um, yeah, definitely been out of school for a little bit, but just hasn't really fully like believed that some of these things are possible because when you look at people and you're just starting off and you're seeing that, you know, major success and, you know, they're wearing the outfits and they, they got the hair did and all of the stuff. Um, it feels, it can feel so far away. And I think that's really debilitating to a lot of people. Um, So just trying to continuously share that message, whether it be with my clients or on my platforms that like, you know, that's possible for you. So the one thing that I really like kind of along the lines of that one quote is that, you know, seeing another person being successful is just proof that it's possible for you too. Like, and I live by that so much and I have like, I use that for imposter syndrome. So like imposter syndrome, comparison, whatever, you know, you're going through in terms of those two things, but, you know, them achieving a million followers or three million followers, girls, like it's proof that it's possible. So I'm like, okay, these people are my inspiration. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, stay in my lane, um, serve the way that I'm meant to serve. Um, And even if every single person had the same amount of followers and the same, you know, amount of money. Like we're all on a level playing field. We all have very different messages to provide regardless. So, and even if we have the same message, we share it in different ways where my certain people might connect with me more, certain people might connect with you more. And I think that's just a really beautiful thing. And they're great messages that everyone should hear anyways. But this conversation had me thinking about comparison. And I was just having a session with somebody who had like extreme childhood trauma and was barely in school for like their early years. And they were saying, I can't stop comparing myself. Like, how come this person has these opportunities and they're graduating and I'm not? And I was like, girl, you spend so many years of your life trying to raise your siblings, trying to help yourself, trying to survive. You can't compare what they like what they're doing right now to everything that you were going yeah. through like it doesn't it's not equal unfortunately yeah. you're doing the best you can you'll get there like now you're trying to do what you can to get there so comparisons are so difficult because we all start at different places yeah and i i have a couple people of mine that come to mind when you say that because just the same thing like why are they having this luck with you know dating or you know, the career stuff, like, why are, you know, they doing this? Why can't I be there? You know, they must be doing something right. And I'm doing these things wrong. And, you know, for people who have experienced trauma, and I feel like, especially before your brain has developed. So when you're children, you 
are not on a level playing field and that's not your fucking fault like it I'm probably gonna cry talking about this because it makes me like so upset that they have to feel this way because you didn't choose to be in those situations that you're in you're a victim of your circumstances and it it literally sucks like there's nothing to there's no inspirational quote or message to share I am so sorry that you have to feel this way and I can't take it away from you, but I'm going to sit here with you when it sucks. Yeah, I love that. And I love how passionate you are and yeah. how much you truly care. You gave me, yeah, you gave us yeah. goosebumps because it's so powerful to have helpers who actually want to help, to have helpers who actually care and love. And you can see that in you. And I think your clients are extremely lucky to have somebody that's on their team oh my gosh I would love it if you were my therapist (laughs) you know felt this like advocacy you you know yeah um and and you know and that brings me to this other quote that I hear all the time which is like was I guess I don't know if it's a quote or if it's just something people say but yeah oh well you're uh, it made you stronger what didn't kill you made you stronger and they use it to I know it's supposed to help yeah, but, it's supposed to be empowering, <laughs> but it's not, especially for trauma survivors. Um, yeah. And we're talking about that timeline. It's like I didn't need to go through that to be strong. I could have been strong in other ways, and um, you know, I can develop strength in other ways. So those types of things that are so toxic and like kind of like what you were saying, it's like that sucks. Like there's nothing you don't need to say anything when somebody yeah. is bringing that to you because you don't need to find the silver lining. You don't. You just uh, hold space and be like yeah. Janelle, just, you know, hold space. <laughs> be present there. Yeah. yeah. Like show them that you care. Well, yeah. even before I became a therapist, I was guilty of always needing to say the right thing to my friends when they were struggling. So if yeah. you're listening to this and you have a friend who's coming to you with something that just sucks, it's not necessary to try to find the silver lining or tell them the positives or say at least or look at it this way. Instead, just sit there with them and ask them what they need. Yeah. No, I I was going to say the same thing, but you just took it right out of my <laughs> mouth. But also just the idea when, you know, going to friends who are struggling, like asking them what they need. Like you don't have to be a mind reader. It's not possible. Even if you wanted to be a mind reader, you're not going to succeed. <laughs> um, but, you know, what, what can I offer you right now? Do you need a shoulder or do you need a solution? And Mm -hmm. just listen to what they are sharing. And if they need a shoulder, then like zip it and just be there. Like, I think that that, that's one thing I hear a lot too with clients. Like, uh, I can like cry all day long, but like, I have no idea what to do (laughs) with other people. And it's like, you don't have to do anything. And people are so mind blown by that response. And it's like, literally just stop talking. Don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really just about holding space. And if you feel like you have to say something, I think reflecting the feeling or just reflecting what you see, be like, that is angering, or that is really heartbreaking, or, you know, like, oh my gosh, that looks like it hurt you so much. Like, yes. what can I do? Just, yeah. just like reflecting what you see, like call it at oh. an empathetic manner can be so much more helpful than saying something like, well, it'll be fine. Yeah, know that. Nobody yeah. knows that. No, you know. just the validation, the holding space and validation are two, yeah. you know, really big things that people can do just to be there for other people. You don't have to have the, you know, degree to be there for somebody who is having a difficult time. And 
they they really need you know if you're a friend or a loved one of somebody who's struggling they need you to show up um, just as you are imperfectly just as you are just be there they chose you as you know a person in their life for a reason and they're venting to you these things for a reason yeah exactly so that's obviously, you know, all kind of intertwined with, you know, the age. I mean, we all experience what we're talking about right now, but yeah. um, kind of bringing it back because when we are in college and we have so much pressure and it's hard to find people to talk to or find people who can support us or say the right things, I guess it's really helpful to know that you don't have to say the right things. You can just be a friend and just yeah. be there with somebody and that could be empowering for both people because one it releases so much pressure off of you having to comfort someone yeah and two it gives them what they're probably needing anyway um unless they tell you what should I do like literally tell yeah. me what should I do yeah um that's like <laughs> another <laughs> another story yeah there's um from Brene Brown's The Gift of Imperfection there's I'll totally butcher it, but essentially it's along the lines of like um, shame, like dies when we allow ourselves to like express vulnerability. Um, So, you know, you being there for somebody and just listening and having that space, like makes them feel less ashamed of themselves for experiencing a difficult situation or emotions. And you're, you're giving them so much more than you realize that you're giving them just by literally sitting there. I feel like not most of the job, but like a decent part of the job of being a therapist is just having that connection and making them feel so comfortable and having that rapport. And if you don't have that rapport, I know there's some statistic, but like, it's likely that it won't work out if you don't feel safe and you don't feel that connection with your therapist. Right. They need to teach this in school. They do. (laughs) Like how to be there for somebody because this is a life skill everyone needs. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I wish, uh, I wish that, you know, wave, wave my little magic wand and stuff like that would be happening. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that though, because something that I want to pursue, I've been wanting to do public speaking and stuff like this and podcasts definitely helps me get in the swing of stopping my ums and, you know, and, uh, you know, the, <laughs> I just, oh, we know. Did a, I did a, you know, again, but anyways, it helps me get a lot better, but just being able to share content that's very meaningful. Like I would like to speak at schools um, and mainly towards parents, I guess 50-50, but I really would like to get in the ear of parents. And I am a child who experienced emotional neglect. And that is something I'm honestly so passionate about right now. And it's just mind boggling, like how many people have experienced the same thing. Um, But I I almost, um, the... The working title for like an online course that I want to do in the future is going to be called How to Not Emotionally Neglect Your Children. <laughs> Needed. Very straightforward. And yeah. Exactly. And yeah. then, you know, on the other hand, like if you've experienced this, like what are some things that you can do if you can't afford to be a therapist and whatnot? But um, just, you know, putting things out there that are tangible and um, possible for people who can't have access to services. I think is another thing that I'm excited about um, working towards in the future. I love that. I think that's so necessary, especially yeah. because they don't teach it in school. So just to have the accessibility yeah. and resource out there. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. So, um, what do you think is like the number one thing that's made you or, or driven you to take on this? Is it the most, cause you just mentioned emotion, like you were emotionally neglected. Was that part of what drove you to become a therapist or what drove you to want to be in this profession? I just remember always just how empathetic I was and not understanding it or myself. Like, why do I feel so much? Mm. Like, this is so confusing. Like, I don't understand and not really knowing fully how to like sit with feeling and process it and move forward. Um, So I feel like just kind of that. And those are symptoms of emotional neglect. Like if you don't know how to identify your feelings or cope or any of those things. Um, But yeah, really just my own experience and then um I was diagnosed around well 19 I guess when I said I went to a therapist but I have um, anxiety depression and ADHD so those are definitely the things that I'm most passionate about but um yeah I hope that answered the question yeah yeah absolutely and and I and just before we started recording and jumped on you mentioned that you had and we love to bring like the anxiety in of therapists yes. onto this podcast because it's obviously anxious like you so you mentioned you had a panic attack at the nail salon yeah it was not a good time what happened um, I I get anxiety for I feel like it's for no reason I think this time was a little bit of like you know I'm not at home and home is very comfortable mm-hmm. so I'm out and about and yeah, it's just that like pure feeling of like panic. So I'm going through all of this, like these physical symptoms. I actually, I actually legitimately like cried, but I was trying to hide it almost, which sounds terrible. I still am a work in progress, right? Like I know that it's not shameful to cry, but at the same time, I'm not really the most comfortable bawling my eyes out in a nail salon. And I'm sure nobody really will be. Um, but yeah, so today I cried at the nail salon and, um, it happens. It is what it is. I don't feel bad about it. Was it, you don't even know why it was just like overwhelming. Feeling. Yeah. I just out of nowhere, like I got my pedicure done and I was like, Oh, this is so nice. Me time. And then I sat down to get my acrylics done Ooh, nice. and I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. just kind of like hits you. And I got really hot. My, you could probably see me right now. You guys could at least, but my face gets like kind of red um I always have like the you know nausea with it for sure I have GI issues with it so in the middle of getting my nails done I had to go take it number two um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just like kind of sucked but you I mean I have learned you know a lot of skills over time and in therapy and also we learn so much from our clients as well but like just learning a lot overall um, and I'm always able to move through it. And I even, <laughs> this is so funny. I looked at myself in the mirror as I went to the bathroom and I was, you know, I always just affirm myself. I'm like, this is okay. You're safe. Like, I don't remember exactly what I told myself, but I was like, you're awesome. You got this. Like, it's fine. This is just a difficult time right now. And we're going to be okay. I love that. Self-compassion. Yeah. Self-com- it's like self-compassion and opening up 
not trying to stop. You're like, stop it. I'm at the nail salon. Like you're not supposed to have a yeah. panic attack in the nail salon. <laughs> right. What is wrong with you? And then yeah. that like makes it worse. So like that self-compassion yeah. grounding. Is yeah. So I was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. No you're shame in crying it. and no shame in not wanting to cry. Like yeah. either way is perfectly yes. fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, after I literally got here probably well, to the office, like 10 minutes before we were going to hop on the call. And I was already starting to feel better by the time I left there and just, you know, being in a more familiar environment. Um, So maybe it's not what my system really needed today was to be out of the house for like two hours. And that's okay. Um, I shared a video of it recently on my TikTok and on Reels too, but um, just how you know, we aren't immune from mental health struggles. And I like constantly have to practice exposure therapy when I'm going out in public now, like taking it little bit at a time, or else it can be too overstimulating. And you know, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so last, or no, two weekends ago, it was and we just went out and grabbed coffee, like the one where you actually have to park and get out of your car type of coffee, right. And then we got acai bowls. And it was just a nice little like breakfast date. It was enough to make me uncomfortable, but it was still like, you know, more of a controlled environment. And I had, you know, my husband with me. Um, But yeah, just doing like little things over time and building on top of those experiences, especially as we're navigating our induced anxiety with the world being another new normal. (laughs) Right. It's not even like going back to our old normal. It's more like, creating this new normal yeah it was so funny because I shared it and somebody commented like there's one word I really don't understand what is normal (laughs) and I thought that was so funny I was like honestly I literally don't know uh sorry about that maybe uh somebody else can help you I don't know Yeah, that, that makes that sense. That word, that word should not exist. Uh-uh. <laughs> it should not. It, I feel like it feels gross coming out of my mouth too. I'm like, normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. well thank you for sharing that because I also do like exposure therapy for my social anxiety and it's similar to you of like force yourself to go into a store to get coffee when you'd rather just go through the drive-thru or have someone else pick it up for you or uber it yeah so like those little things they really do help and like going at your own pace as slowly as you can yeah for sure I think a lot of people at least what I've been seeing in my practice is thinking about going back to a new normal. I don't want to say normal. We're going back to like a new lifestyle and reintroducing ourselves back into society. That social anxiety is there for people who've never experienced it before. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And that's really why I like shared that message because I felt like it was a tangible thing to take away from, you know, me sharing my experience. Like, hey, first of all, like we go through this stuff too. I'm not immune, but also like this is one thing that you can do. Just anything very small, that is going out of your comfort zone, but also still feeling manageable. Like you don't have to go to a nail salon and induce a, a panic attack to work through your anxiety. Don't do that. Yeah. So like, don't do that. Um, but just anything small, like the gas station. I know some people have, you know, different levels of how they're feeling about the pandemic. Like some people are petrified and some people are, you know, whatever like they don't care anymore and wherever you fall on that like it still can be difficult when going back into public so if you are absolutely petrified like what is one small thing that feels achievable and realistic to you 
It doesn't have to be like, don't look at what anybody else is doing. That literally does not matter. This is you. We need to figure out what works best for you because we are not the same. We are not cookie cutter human beings. We all have very unique needs. Um, and I think that's something that I just preach all the time with my clients. Um, just, you know, like something that works for them might not work for you and that's totally okay. Here are like a couple of skills. I want you to tell me which ones you felt like, you know, felt good to you and which ones made you more anxious even. I have some people like with certain skills, like some people hate five, four, three, two, one because it makes them more anxious. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. We'll find something else. There are so many different grounding tools available. Mm -hmm. I love that. What works for one person doesn't work for everybody. So like finding yourself in the exposure yeah. thing, I think that's a question that a lot of people ask. It's like, well, how am I supposed to do this? And the baby step um, tip is really helpful. Like pick some, it's almost like you're creating your own hierarchy of like, yeah. you know, what's the most scary thing and what's the least scary out of the scary things. And just maybe start slowly exposing yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it's slow I, like, and steady. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, my Siri doesn't understand. So if you guys heard that, <laughs> my, my watch is talking in the podcast too now. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like with the pandemic, I was one of those people that hibernated all of the whole year. And um, I started ordering my groceries in and, and all of that. And then I started going to the grocery store again after I got my vaccine. And it was scary you know, it was yeah. scary. I would double mask. I thought about wearing my face shield on top of that, but then my social anxiety came in and was fearful of judgment by others. So I didn't, but I would go in there and I would just like, look around if somebody was like walking too close to me, I'm like, ah, you know, it, so it's, you can't judge yourself for those things because I think now, especially as the world reopens and we come into this new normal quote in air quotes what <laughs> normal. I think we could call it a, a new chapter or a new, new chapter thank you yeah. Yeah, new season I like that yeah season of our life <laughs> yeah new season uh it's gonna take a lot of adjusting and a lot of figuring ourselves out to see what works yeah. now because it might not be the same as what worked yeah. before yeah absolutely and kind of going back to like the self-compassion we need to meet ourselves where we're at and no further and again it's just it can be a comparison thing maybe it's not maybe it's you're not even comparing to somebody else maybe you just have this greater expectation of yourself that you're not meeting like we need to try to be as kind and gentle as possible like where are we currently at okay let's start from there let's not pretend like we're five steps ahead and do that scary you know thing that's going to completely overstimulate us like stay exactly where you're at. And I really like that, you know, list that you mentioned, like list out all of the scary things and put it in order, least scary to scariest. I think that's an incredible tool. And just start with, you know, number one, the most manageable thing and go and do it and build up on those skills over time. And even if you need to do number one, 10 times, like you need to do what you need to do for yourself, pay attention to what you're feeling, like check in, like, how is this going for me? And uh, just keep going from there. But I think that was a really great, you know, tip to pull out of this episode. Yeah. On that note, I think that's a, that's a really good tip and you're amazing. And this conversation has Thank been you. Amazing. You guys are um, amazing. so knowledgeable and so empathetic and let our listeners know where they can find you to learn more about you and your, you know, your tips, your anxiety tips. 
Yay, thank you. So I am Janelle Hedick, which I'm sure I will have my name spelled in the show notes. Um, but I'm at Janelle Hedick on all social platforms. I'm also JanelleHedick.com. Super official. Super official. <laughs> I love that. Well, it has been a pleasure. And um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join the Anxious Like You community by following at Anxious Like You on Instagram. See you in the next episode.